0: Welcome to the Community Warehouse everybody this is Imran Nanlawala and today my co-host Habib Qadri will not be available and uh, we still have a very amazing guest today with us on the Community Warehouse this is episode four and today we have the global head of people at the world famous launch good Tanao Basma we're going to be talking about some amazing things related to investing in your capital your human capital employees talking about some of the challenges that HR leaders like Tanal face and some overall advice and strategy in terms of any organization or corporation that exists. Tanal is going to share with us with us some of her insight. So, without further ado, I'd like to bring Tanal onto the screen. Tanal, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, thank you. really thrilled to be here.
0: So, whatever I say today is this going to be held against me? Is this can we strike whatever I say from the record?
1: No, feel free to you know I take I take feedback well. So. <laughs> Hit me. No,
0: no, no problem. So, obviously, um, you know, we've been interviewing. So today, usually we would have had my co-host with uh, with us, Habib Qadri, who is a national award-winning educator, uh, does work for Harvard directly and, and so many other things. And he has a lot of insight from his perspective. So I'm going to try to fill two roles today. Um, but obviously, we wanted to talk to you because of your role at LaunchGood. LaunchGood, you know, kind of burst on the scene really out of nowhere and has grown really fast. But... Often what happens is we forget the role of HR in a growth of an organization and because you guys are behind the scenes right and you guys are dealing with all the things that happen within the organization behind closed doors, but then to some extent you guys are also forward facing. So general question, what is HR and what is the role of HR in any organization.
1: Ooh, that's a loaded question, but I'll try to get to it as as best as I can. Um, So in my experience, and uh, to give you a little bit of context, for the past year when COVID hit, Um, you know, there were things in flux. And what we saw was that the role of HR started evolving. Mm. What was traditionally a compliant, mostly focused on governance role became this front-facing, very pivotal role, helping people thrive in their organizations. And uh, so from my, um, you know, my point of view, I think there's never been a better time to be in that hot seat um, Mm. because it's really about empowering people to do their best work. It's about getting um, your team members to execute on your strategy and helping them understand that um, you know you're in it for the long run. Mm.
0: So, so, give us some concrete examples. Then, so in terms of uh, traditionally, you said it's, it had to do with governance. So, in ter- is, what do you mean by that? Is, is it like policies and procedures for the organization?
1: Yeah, so based on the, when I was doing my research last year, um, you know, we brought in a group of HR folks uh, from around the world. And we were trying to crack the code on what HR is and how mm. we can help empower our I know, people within our organizations. And the sentiment, the recurring sentiment that we kept hearing was that HR is just the police officer or HR is like the, um, you know, that end headmistress that's there to like put you in line when you misbehave. Mm. That was a recurring sentiment from the other functions. But that's not how HR themselves see themselves. Um, so it was this delicate balance between governance and culture, and it was really think, helping the HR themselves rethink about how they could advocate for the, their um, team members while also keeping things in compliant and and reducing the element of risk that they're there to to kind of oversee, and, and risk in terms of like um, you know putting in the processes, helping people understand what the rules are but not making it so focused on the rules as opposed mm. to how people feel or how people um, see themselves within the scheme of the organization.
0: I'm so happy you you answered it the way you did, because one of the points I had was that from my experience, HR is an advocate for a couple of different sides, right? A couple, two different sides. One is the employer and then one is the human component of it, which is are the employees. So can you talk to us about that balance? And I would say that my master's was in higher education leadership. And one of the first things that we learned was that as a higher educational leader, you're really now advocating and working with a few different sides. You're helping the students, but you're also keeping the universities like missions and objectives in mind. And then you also have to take into account the instructors and professors. So can you talk to us about in any organization, uh, within the organization, who are who are the primary stakeholders? And which is another loaded question. And then how do you account for these stakeholders? How do you make sure that both sides are winning
1: so i've i've had a very interesting you know career and uh, when i look back i realize that really the your business strategy is your people's strategy Mm, so we've gone through waves like uh, you know throughout um history like when we're like oh we need to focus on the shareholder oh no we need to focus on the customer and it's gone through different waves. And now we're realizing that really for you, especially in today's competitive environment, for you to succeed in any organization, you need to focus on the employee, right? You need to make sure that you have the right people in the right seats to help you execute or whatever vision and purpose that you're trying to build. Um, without that, you know, um, it, it's basically just an idea. You know, mm-hmm. How you get to that idea is really by, um, you know, keeping an eye on the, the big picture Right, but also um, understanding the nuances of how, what drives people, what motivates them at the granular level and how you can bring them along to, to execute on that vision. Um, so is the, you know, in, if you're looking at it from an HR standpoint, uh, you know, it's really a mix of things. It's not one particular thing, right? Um, there's a, a component of leading with empathy, but ho- also holding people accountable to certain standards.
0: So can, can, you, can you emphasize on something? So you mentioned uh, what makes employees or individuals, like what motivates them at a granular level. So from your research and your experience, can you share with us in the audience, what are some things that do motivate a, a everyday employee?
1: So, everybody's different, but in general, I want to say a mix of uh, autonomy is really important for people, right? Having that um, ownership of what they're doing, um, helping them grow in whatever they're learning and and growing, and then connecting that activity with a higher purpose. Like, we all want to know we're making a difference in the world. So, those are a combination of all these three. Um, It can be different for anybody, but I think those three are really um, core to, to keeping people grounded and motivated in what they're doing.
0: And then on the other side, in terms of the employer, what are some things, how do you keep their interest in mind? Because as you mentioned, it's that balance. So how do you keep their interest in mind? And then what are some things the employer looks for when they're trying to bring someone from the outside and make them part of their family?
1: Wow. Um, okay. So there's two parts to that question. I'm going to tackle it in two ways. So the employer really is, could be anybody, right? Like as HR, you are the heart of the organization. So you're talking to different departments. You're talking to managers at, uh, you know, in sales, you're talking to managers in marketing. Uh, you're talking to the leadership team and these are all different personalities. And so knowing where um, and how to talk to each person or each Mm -hmm. personality is gonna be really integral to to help drive that uh, culture. Um, So that's one piece of it, um, is really understanding um, uh, people on a personal level, um, you know, looking at the numbers, like sometimes you have to look at those numbers and understand what the business is, what drives revenue for people. And on the flip side, you wanna understand Like in the marketing, you know, what is their vision for the brand? Um, And and it's it's really comes with experience, right? Um, And this is why you see the traditional HR function moving from the traditional HR function. A lot of people now that are leading HR come from marketing and they come from sales because you have to lead with influence. So that's the one part of it. and then the second part of that, uh, which you were talking about, st- stakeholders, um, is, again, the employee. Uh, so looking at the employee from a, a, you know, a customer lens, you want to look at the life cycle of the employee, at what stage in their life they are, and how are you going to align your um, experience with, with what their needs are. So we found that if you just give a cookie cutter employee experience, they're going to go to another organization. So in order to keep that connection, in order to keep that motivation going, um, it's a give and take between uh, what the business needs now and what the, or the employee needs at that life stage. Is it a, maybe they need a growth? Maybe they need um, some time off to recruit? So really looking at people from a, a humanistic lens, I think, is what's important here. So
0: I guess digging into that humanistic lens, a great segue into the next question, which is, so if you don't want that revolving door of employees coming and leaving, what in, like, in today's age, how has HR changed in the way it's investing in the employees? Like, so what are some ways, like what are some of the benefits, the perks, and some of the leeway that are given to employees today that may have not been the case, say, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago?
1: Oh, well, we saw and we saw like, you know, in the Googles and the Facebooks and and all these like big companies trying to put all these bells and whistles. And those are nice perks. But um, I think for people to really want to connect, there has to be a purpose. There has to be a higher um, vision for the organization. We have to align on certain values. Right. Um, so that's the humanistic part of it. And then. Um, Thinking about that um, a little bit more, I want to say helping people again in their stage um, of growth. So what what do they want to be, right? Where where are they going in their own personal journey? And how can you align that with the organizational needs? Um, Helping them develop, even if that development is not going to come back directly to the organization I think is a critical piece of investment for organizations. Um, and that's a hard pill for most companies to, to bear. But I'm seeing a shift that way, where they are investing in their, or in their employees, um, they are providing lessons, they're providing resources for them to develop um, in, in, in skill sets that's outside the need of the organization, just to create that level of, um, to breed that level of creativity. Um, so to give you an example, uh, when I was doing this earlier, we had, we were, we hit a lit, kind of a, um, a ceiling with our pipeline and we couldn't compete in the Bay Area to hire, you know, we kept, you know, to keep with the hiring patterns. And so we decided that we were going to shift our focus to um, the, the potential, high potentials, and we created a, a, a training program for them where they were paired with a mentor, they were given a resources to learn, and then they gave were given the certificate. It was really one of the core components of our, our um, employee experience. And we found that that not only, um, you know, helped us get the talent we needed, but it also helped with retention. So creating that growth pattern for people is really, really essential. Uh, and you can see it return in spades, and it doesn't always... Um, I want to say it doesn't always pay off, but in the long run, it's a you know it's really where the 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 experience should be going, really leading, helping people build that leadership potential.
0: It it also seems like a great way to further the reputation of the of the organization, right? Because even if the employee winds up leaving, in terms of now like obviously your reputation precedes you, right? So other other individuals are possibly interested in joining that organization are going to hear that whether you leave or not the organization is going to spend dollars time on you give you mentorship give you all these opportunities so it sounds like a very good tool also in terms of uh, furthering the organization's value and and it's uh, basically place on the map um, yeah.
1: Exactly. And that's exactly what it is. It becomes its own employer branding of its own, right? It becomes its own PR that people start referring their colleagues and friends to the organization. So it works both ways. And it becomes this give and take where people see that you're investing in them and they invest right back in you.
0: So now I'm going to have you put on. uh, So if you could go back in time and give yourself uh, some advice when you first started HR. What advice would this Tanao we have in front of us today give to the Tanao that started off in HR?
1: Oh, wow, that's a good one. Um, I want to say small talk. So Mm. small talk, I think, is the biggest oxymoron in all of history, because what I found is small talk has, you know, the effect of it has um, exponential results. Mm. Just that five minutes in the beginning of a meeting, getting to know what your colleague did over the weekend. Or what you know their personal aspirations are, can really create that connection that you're looking for um, and build that trust and engagement. So that is what I would go back. I'd um, give that to any any leader, not just HR. Like really get to know your people at the personal level. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, uh, family oriented, but knowing them at, uh, at a more personal level goes a long way.
0: It may, it makes sense, right? Because if you, I think it's all connecting in terms of what you've been saying, like. If you know more about your employee um, and you know what makes them tick at a personal level and their interests, it furthers the relationship at work. But it also helps you understand what's motivating them in the first place, which can help you either like develop them or figure out maybe a more proper role for them. Um, So I guess now to transition, I want to talk about what are some of the most common challenges, not for you but any HR leader has, what are some of the most common challenges that you face at a growing organization? Uh, Whether that be like people like pay discrepancies or job titles or benefits or workplace disputes, what are some of the most common pitfalls and what as an experienced leader, what are some advice that you have for other HR leaders? Hmm.
1: So traditionally, business has always been about metrics, right? Mm. Uh, We're always looking at the numbers. And I think the most important part to all this is um, if you do the hard work first and put the intentionality and create those set of values that are going to guide your decision, and that's really the hard work, right? It sounds fluffy, but I think that's the biggest component of it. And when you put that hard work in, um, the metrics will come. Uh, so that's the one advice that I would give is really understanding the nuance and putting that into intentionality because when you're working with people, like I said earlier, everybody's different. Everybody's motivated mm-hmm. differently. But if you understand like what's the, the reason, the why behind the action, it helps breathe a little bit more understanding and, and you get forgiven a little bit easier um, so that things are not festering and you can scale um, the way you're meant to scale. And the core thing that I've found, I've been part of our almost three, four um, organizations that have gone from, you know, um, ground up. And that this um, inflection point where, you know, people are coming in from different backgrounds, um, there's growth. And you see, um, you know, where before you were all sitting around one table, now you have different um you know, units, you have different departments, and now you have to talk across different departments. That's where it gets complicated, mm-hmm. uh, especially, you know, now with a remote settings, uh, you know, add another level of complexity there. Uh, so it's really important to have intentionality and have those guiding values that are going to help you make the right decisions.
0: It's uh, every time you say something, it triggers, uh, you know, another question or another thought. But I guess randomly, like what what are, what's your approach or what's your take on remote working? And also, you know, obviously with Launchpad, we have all of us are remote, but there's also a lot of international players. So I know that traditionally this is something that would have been a big no-no, right? People working in different time zones, not acceptable. People working remotely, not acceptable. So how is it that we and you have made this work?
1: Yeah. Um, I've been working remotely for over 10 years. Wow. Um, so it's you know it's something that I'm used to. It does come with the good and the bad. One, you have the flexibility. Two, you know there is that element of loneliness, and you need the human connection. And I think how we've made it work is really um, again creating those moments of connection. Uh, You know, uh, Slack goes a long way. You've seen how we use Slack intensively. Uh, It can get confusing. So really, again, putting the intentionality behind it and understanding, you know, the purpose of it um, helps. Uh, Creating those moments like having a chat, uh, you know, uh, know, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of the teams that we have actually have their own team culture where they have these get-to-know-you meetings after work right? So that, uh, creating those moments, because you can't have those in person, like before you could have those incidental meetings, now you can't. So you really have to be thoughtful about it and plan them ahead. Um, so that, we use things like donut to, to have random meetings. Um, we want to create more, um, you know, more work blocks where people are working separately, but together. And uh, yeah, and they have game nights. I don't know if you've had a chance to join game nights, but if you hadn't, those, those are really super cool. Very fun. That's where our, all our competitive nature comes in. <laughs> and it's okay. <laughs> no,
0: it also, like, from a very commonsensical standpoint, it seems very basic, right? If there's talented people that live in a different part of the country or a different part of the world, there's no reason to use that as a as a means to, like, eliminate them from an open position, right? basically find people where they are, wherever they are. So I think, uh, you know, your leadership in HR and Launch Good in general, that it's a very effective model of finding the right people. And there's nothing that should stop you from finding the right people. So that's something that's very commendable. Um, and then- yeah. any,
1: any... To, to that actually, I think that is, it's not just a reason not to hire. I think it's the reason to hire, right? Mm. Because we know that diversity breeds innovation. So, by having all these people from different backgrounds is really the key to our success. Um, bringing all these different perspectives, whether it's personality or culture-wise, it does add a little bit of challenge in terms of understanding and communication. But it's uh, definitely worth the the challenges. And once you find alignment, um, you know, in terms of the values again, um, or you find a a, dyna- a work dynamic that works, uh, where for now, we're doing overlapping hours. Yes, we work in different time zones, but we have an understanding that there are certain hours between all the different regions that overlap, so we have that point of contact.
0: I, I, I love it. I love it. I think uh, the innovation key is something that is not paid enough attention to in terms of, and I think that's what a, what a beautiful way to put it together, right? There's going to be some small hurdles in terms of bringing in people from different parts of the world, which are easily. Very easy to kind of adjust for because it's just usually language uh, barriers and language or understanding of different uh, idioms and whatnot. But in terms of the innovation that results from it, because of people coming from such different backgrounds, is uh, it's it's worthwhile. So, give us a little insight as we close now. Give us a little insight into some of your challenges. We we want to bring some sympathy towards HR so people understand the role of HR and how difficult it is to manage different stakeholders and manage everybody's expectations. You mentioned something earlier, which I wanted to touch upon uh, in terms of data. Right. So it's, it's funny. Cause as you were mentioning it, I'm just thinking about my lifelong experience where when you work with different teams, there are some teams that rely purely on numbers and there are other teams that don't really look at numbers, but they, they, they think about ideas and they, you know, they, they maybe they're operating off of uh, feelings and emotions, which is not wrong and then sometimes yeah. when we have these different teams that have to work together there's so many challenges that could arise but i think again the 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 the, the potential synergy and the genesis of what you can create by these different teams working together it, it could be amazing um but my question to you is so for example a job is opened and it's a particular job title a particular job description and maybe you get like 100 cvs and resumes on, on on your desk or on your email. So how do you approach even these challenges of having a job opening, but now you have to siphon through all these resumes, and you have people coming from such different backgrounds? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think people see people on culture. They see the good parts of it. You know, mm-hmm. they see the, the engagement part and the game nights. But there's a lot of backend logistics to make that happen, mm-hmm. and, and those are the challenges. Really, it could get really bureaucratic. But thanks to technology, a lot of that is being streamlined. So when I go into a role, that's my first game plan, is what do I look through the processes? What can be streamlined and automated Mm -hmm. so that I can focus more on the higher level um, items? Um, so when I get 100, <laughs> you know, resumes, um, one is like looking for the keywords, like what are the keywords that we're looking for? What are the skill sets? Um, looking at LinkedIn to see like how how that balances out in terms of their their resume. And of course, relying a lot on references, back end references go a long way because, you know, everybody can write a resume. Or most people can write a resume or have it done for them. So uh, there's different components to, to hiring. Um, and that's one of them. Uh, and, of course, there's the long hours. Um, but it, when you connect those long hours to the purpose, it, you know, it makes it worthwhile.
0: It becomes much easier. So yeah. I, I, I'm going to give you the final word. What, what, what's your final word? What advice do you have to uh, potential individuals who are interested in, in, in joining or becoming HR professionals and leaders?
1: Um, you, if you want to be an HR leader, you have to understand the business. Um, you have to look at the trends. You have to be plugged into what the industry is, what are the uh, challenges that your CEO and your teams are going to be facing and work backwards from there. So it's not just about hiring and firing, right? Um, it's really about what value can you um, bring to the organization to help drive their own set of goals.
0: So ladies and gentlemen, today we had Basma Basma'an, the global head of people at LaunchGoodTanah. Thank you so much for your time and your insight. And please do join us again in the future.
1: Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Thanks, oh uh,
0: The pleasure is ours. Thank you.